Hello everyone and welcome to Balls and Whistles, a sports podcast from Highland News and Media. I'm your sports editor, Will Clark, and joining me after a successful rescue mission is none other than Andrew Henderson. Andrew, how are you doing after falling down that hole? See, well, it's not just you that could play music. I can add a little bit to the episodes as well. Um, yeah, I'm back. Obviously, I had the week off last time and you did a very special episode with Tom Stoltman, the world's strongest man. What a title that is. You know, it's not every day you speak to the world's strongest man. And uh, thanks again, Tom, who spoke to me just hours after getting back from America at 1 a.m. in the morning. But he was more than happy to speak. But you would be when you're the world champion. You know, well, Exactly. And I thought he spoke really well about it and what it meant to him. If you haven't checked that one out, go and listen to that. Also, we didn't really want to speak about the Euros. <laughs> no, it was quite handy. He became the strongest man in the world and we could do a special episode. <laughs> I mean, that had a little bit to do with it, I'm sure. It did, actually. It really did. <laughs> if you can't make a special episode about the world's strongest man, when can you make a special episode? Well, exactly. But we're back with a fairly normal episode in inverted commas this week, if any of our episodes of Balls and Whistles are ever normal. Um, and to be honest, Will, after the massive high of having the world's strongest man, it hasn't all been plain sailing this week on the sporting front. There's been a few call-offs because of COVID. Again, it's, it's reared its ugly head. We're not quite out the other side of it. We've seen Forest Mechanics, Nairn County and Inverness Caledonian Thistle all have positive tests associated with the club. Shinty has been particularly badly hit as well. The Women's Kamenaks Association has suspended the entire programme for the next couple of weeks. A couple of men's Shinty clubs have done the same. And as the Inverness Courier went to press yesterday and as we're recording this, we're waiting to see if the Men's Kamenaks Association will follow the women's lead and suspend things for the next couple of weeks as well really thought we were through with this, with all these COVID cancellations. Um, it's absolutely gutting for Shinty, isn't it? Well, it's just gutting for all the sport. I think we were all looking forward to all the friendlies that were going to be taking place in the run-up to the new football season. I was actually at Forest Mechanics uh, last Saturday covering the Cali Thistle game, and it was fantastic to see um, the amount of people who went along to the game, uh, not just to Forest, but Inverness as well. A lot of people making their way to Forest just to watch the game. We don't know if how big of an impact it had on the virus. We, we don't know, but it, it's it's certainly the governments, the Scottish government and the British government are now looking at the light at the end of the tunnel uh, because the vaccine it, it is proven to um, reduce hospitalisations, which is allowing um, crowds to come back into stadiums. But at the same time, you can understand the apprehension of why games are being cancelled uh, at football and in Shinty. Uh, I'm sure in other sports as well. I can understand the frustration, but at the end of the day, in terms of football, it's only friendlies. Shinty, yes, it's competitive matches, but you can understand the apprehension as well. Because if, if, if we're being honest, if you look at the first lockdown and then the second lockdown, in the Highlands particularly, the virus didn't have a massive impact in terms of population, but it appears to be spreading more than it ever has, especially in the North before, even in Orkney. You know, they're using the word outbreak in Orkney, and that got off quite lightly. So you can understand the apprehension. 
So if it, if it results in friendlies being called off for football, you know what? Fair enough. You know, at the end of the day, they're only warm-up games. And if it results in the virus coming down in a week or two, brilliant. But at the same time, it is disappointing because I loved Forest on Saturday. It was just, it was watching a different sport. I was going to ask you about that in just a second, but just on the COVID front, it's just such a, a weird time almost right now in that you're right in saying obviously the hospitalizations are down. The Thankfully, the death rate is down as well, but the virus hasn't gone away. It's still here. And we're seeing the cases surge again, which means everybody's still having to be quite cautious. And I suppose a part of the reason that we're having these call-offs is that if anyone hasn't been vaccinated, and we're obviously quite a way through the vaccination program now where the majority of the country have had at least their first dose, but if anyone hasn't been, it's most likely to be these players that are involved. So I'm guessing that'll have a bit of a knock-on effect on why these games are getting called off. Well, like you say, though, you were at Forest last weekend. You did have fans there. What were your impressions of Cali Thistle? Because that'd be the first time either of us have been able to see them for a couple of months. And there's obviously been a, a few new signings there as well. Yeah, it was only a 1-0 victory. Um, you would expect a championship club to at least knock in a few goals against the Highland League club. Yes, I, I do remember Brewer Rangers hearts in case anyone's starting something shouts. Um, it was a very young team as well, Cali Thistle put out, but... Forrest had chances, but Cali Fissel had most of them the game. They said they were happy, but I think they would have preferred one or two more goals. Sean Welsh missed a penalty in the first half. Um, but it, it's only the second game of the season. I, I think it's all about putting the, the energy into the legs. So one or two very impressive youngsters as well. I quite liked uh, the lad Thompson. I thought he was quite impressive. Harry Henham as well. Robbie, sorry, I'll give you his full name, Robbie Thompson. The lad Thompson. There will be some people who don't know who you're talking about, so we better give them the full name treatment. Yeah, Robbie Thompson. Sorry, Robbie. Um, I thought you had a great game. Ali Riddle at fullback as well. Um, he, he stood out too, and uh, there was the likes of Harry Henham too that did well. They're still teenagers, I suppose, and they're, they're coming up against a very experienced Highland League side. Some very good senior players Forest Mechanics have got, and it's good to see them back in action, even before they're pausing for 10 days again. Tom Walsh, he looked good as well. Sean Walsh, I think he'll be a bit disappointed with how he did um, with the penalty as well. Uh, it was saved and then the rebound, it was a very tame effort. Quite like seeing Manny Duku up, up front. Uh, he seems to have a real eye for goal. He scored in both games against Clacknacurran and uh, Forest Mechanics, both penalties, but you know at least he's sticking in the way. So he'll be one to watch and uh, spoke to him on Saturday as well. He's got a target he has in mind to score. So that'll be interesting to see. And interesting to see as well how he'll fare in terms of selection when uh, Billy Mackay and uh, possibly even Michael Gardine, if, if Billy Dodge sees him more as a striker than a, an attacking midfielder as he was at Ross County. I think that'd be fair to say. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, Duku's obviously grabbed the headlines the last couple of weeks with his goals and quite narrow wins. I like how you say he has a goal target in mind for this next season, even though he's keeping that quite close to his chest, seeing your piece in today's Inverness Courier. He's not giving too much away. I was actually at the Cali Thistle women's game on Sunday, the day after, and people were raving about Ali Riddle at fullback. They seemed to be really excited about some of these youngsters coming through. That It's just adding to the core of the team that they had last season. Obviously, Daniel Mackay's left. He's still got Roddy McGregor there. He's still got Cammy Harper. Uh, Ryan Fife, Harry Nicholson were both on the, the fringes of the first team last year. 
it could be a really youthful squad, possibly even more so this year than last year, which I wasn't sure would be possible. But everybody seems to be quite excited, like I say, about this crop coming through. And hopefully that bodes well for the season. There's not going to be any shortage of energy levels, if nothing else. Yeah, you spoke about Ali Riddle. And um, just thinking about uh, Cali Bristol's transfers so far, it's all been midfield and attackers. And you've got to go back to the, de- the defence. Um, you know, Robbie D's played left-back under Neil McCann. I think it's fair to say he was McCann's first choice at left-back ahead of Cami Harper. Was it maybe through necessity? Maybe it wasn't, actually. Maybe McCann saw Robbie Dees more as a left-back, but maybe under Billy Dodds, he might have Robbie Dees in mind to move back to centre-back, which maybe opens up the possibility of Ali Riddle at least challenging to break into the first team as opposed to maybe just watching from the seats uh, rather than even getting a place on the bench. Kami Harper, fantastic talent as well, but maybe Ali Riddle is what Billy Dodge sees as the motivation for Kami Harper to keep that first team place because he, albeit it was high in the league opposition, they're going to face far tougher opponents during the championship season, but um, he uh, did very well at Mossett Park and at uh, Clacknacodon, so... He's certainly one to watch in the future. Well, you mentioned the transfer dealings at Cali Thistle so far this summer. Things have kind of been put on hold over the last week or so because of the positive test connected with the club. But I know there's at least a couple of days where the whole stadium basically just shut down and nobody was in doing anything. But there has been a bit of movement across the bridge at Ross County. We've been talking about their progress in the transfer market being a bit slower than we'd anticipated. A couple of weeks ago, they brought in Ross Callaghan as their first signing. They've added to that this week with Dominic Samuel, He's a former Reading and Blackburn striker, most recently at Gillingham. Certainly adds to the attacking options. They'll be going and competing with Jordan White and Ollie Shaw at the top of the pitch for the Staggies. I know he's been reasonably highly rated, albeit at maybe lower league level in England over the last few years, but... On paper, it looks a decent enough signing. He was linked with Hearts a couple of years ago and it provides that extra bit of competition up front, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, I'll be honest, I don't know too much about the guy. So uh, in terms of his reputation, I'll have to take other people's word for it. But like you said, he was a target for Hearts uh, a couple of years ago. Turned that down to stay in England. But he's coming up to Scotland to play some top-flight football. But yeah, it's, it's another attacking player. Uh, and I... I'm just wondering why the defence is maybe not more of a priority. You know, I think that was their biggest weakness. I, I thought that would be their first port of call. Um, Ross Callaghan, obviously, I knew, I know all about. Uh, he was a marquee signing. Uh, if he clicks, he's going to be excellent. And Samuel, I don't know too much about, but I know he's an attacking player. I just, wh- where's the defenders coming from? That, that's, that's the biggest uh, worry for me with Ross County because they conceded the most goals out of anyone until the final day of the season. I, I thought that was their number one priority. Where do we get the quality defenders that are going to prevent goals going in this season? You know, it was something that was critical with John Hughes during the transfer window. He was very much midfield forward, even though Jordan White was a fantastic signing. But again, attacking player, attacking player. Where's the defenders? I was expecting to see more action regarding that area. And I'm surprised I haven't. I'm surprised I haven't seen more signings. But under Malky McKay, compared to Stuart Kettlewell, Steve Ferguson, and uh, even John Hughes, I suppose, you could say during the January transfer window, they're more conservative about their business. So 
they might uh, see a flurry of signings next week. I don't know, but I expect it to see more. Yeah, we, we've talked about this before, um, really. I, I would expect to see a flurry at some point in the next week or two. Marky McKay put out that interview with the club last month, wasn't it? I, I can't remember exactly when it came out, where he said that they were quite happy to take their time to get the right signings in. So you're saying you're surprised they haven't been prioritising the defence. That doesn't mean they haven't been working towards bringing in new recruits at the back. It just means they haven't put pen to paper yet. They haven't signed the dotted line as yet. It has to happen. Um, But I think with the amount of players that left the club, uh, again, I think I might have said this before as well, 10 players getting released. They were looking for people all over the park. So they will know who they've got in mind, I would hope, at this stage. And it's just a case of when they can actually come to Dingwall. Clearly, Callaghan was one they could do quite quickly. Samuel's another one, since he had been released from Gillingham, that they could get over the line. More will come. It has to, because they've still got such a small squad as things stand. They have to make more signings, and they won't want to leave it right to the end of the transfer window. I know Mackay said that they would happily wait that long if needed to, to get the right player in, but they will need a couple more in before at least the start of the league season, if not the League Cup. They might feel like they can get away with putting some youngsters on the bench in the League Cup against lower league opposition. But when it comes to the end of July, first Premiership game, you would expect them to have about 20 senior players. So a handful of guys will need to come in before then, for sure. They're taking your time and the clock's ticking. They're two different things. <laughs> Ross County's League Cup campaign starts next weekend. Yeah, eight uh, days. Eight days. And uh, it's four for Athletic, if I remember off the top of my head. Yeah, I'm actually going to the game. <laughs> it's, it's a good job I'm asking the accreditation for the right club. <laughs> it's a nice starting point. I know some clubs have said in the past that they, they pretty much see the League Cup as a warm-up for the new season, which I'm quite surprised with, especially in Scotland. You know, It's one of the two realistic chances clubs have of winning silverware outside the old firm. You know, I, I get the whole, we'll take our time, but... It's, it's eight, like you said, eight days until the League Cup starts and only two signings? I expected more. Do you cut them more slack with the League Cup this season just because of the turnover that's gone at the club with a new manager, basically a whole squad of players leaving, new signings needed to come in? Is it as much of a disaster for them if they don't make it through the groups this season as it would have been maybe the last couple? Yes. <laughs> They're the top seeds. Uh, Dundee, Forfar, Montrose... Brora Rangers, that's their group. All right, they're the top seeds. They're a premiership club. Well, Dundee are a premiership club, but they're the top seeds. So, yeah, if, if they don't get out of that group, uh, and, uh, you know, Dundee will be a, a tough test, but you would expect Ross County to beat four for Montrose and Brora Rangers. Um, so anything apart from qualifying for the last 16, yeah, it's a huge disaster. It'd be a massive egg in the face for Ross County. Dundee is tough, but, you know, it's quite a favourable group for uh, Ross County. They should be looking at at least nine points. You'd forgive them a draw with Dundee, but, yeah, anything but three wins out of four. And that's a big embarrassment for Ross County. Sorry, I put the pressure on you guys, Staggies, already. <laughs> but you're a premiership club. That comes with the territory. I'll be honest with you, Will, and I'll reveal a little something for our listeners here as well. Sometimes in press conferences or interviews, I ask questions that I already know the answer to just to get people talking about it. I didn't know which way you'd go, but clearly you feel quite strongly about that. <laughs> well, they're the top seeds. You know, just look at the Euros. Look at France, Germany, Portugal, the group of death. They were supposed to be three of the big contenders to win the title, all out of the last 16. 
you know, it's the same for the group stage. If you're the top seeds, you should be favourites to win. Anything else is failure. Well, I would be quite interested to know what Ross County fans feel about that. If it's not as much of a priority this year as it has been years gone by, is the bare minimum still to get out of the groups, whether that's as one of the best runners up or the group winners? Let us know on social media, balls underscore whistles is the Twitter handle, or myself, A Henderson96, or Will HNM underscore W Clark. I believe I've gotten all those right. That's a question I already know the answer to. Of course, the the improvement—it's it's a chance to win a trophy. Like I, I'm not arguing with you, but I suspect there may be some people who feel st- slightly differently. So I'm asking them to let us know. They may not. They may totally agree with you. I've had discussions with people about this in the past. P- people look in England and they look at English clubs' attitude towards the FA Cup and the League Cup, and uh, you know it's pretty obvious the Premiership clubs in England couldn't care less about the FA Cup or the League Cup. It's all about the money you can get from the Premiership, blah, blah, blah. That attitude doesn't exist in Scotland. Outside the old firm, everyone sees the League Cup and the Scottish Cup as a chance to win silverware. You can see it with the teams they put as well. The English mentality does not exist in Scotland. So, yeah, anything but qualifying for the last 16, that's got to be a huge disaster for Ross County. At a time when Malky Mackay has to make a big impression. He's got to try and win over the fans. You know, and, and if you get beat by four far, that's not going to do your cause any good, is it? Well, no, I've made that point in the past as well. He needs to get off to a quick start because of the, the swell of Ross County supporters who are already against him. Well, I feel like we know exactly what your column's going to be about in next week's papers. I feel like I've just lit a fuse here and, and this is it. No questions asked. This is what you're going to be able to write about. <laughs> Actually, I, to be honest, I hadn't even thought about my column. So thanks for that. That's made my life easier. There you go. Sorted. Um, we're talking about a lot of football before and Shinty being called off. But one thing that has been able to keep going over the last week while is the amateur football season, at least in Inverness. All right. At least in Inverness. I'm glad you said that. Um, it's not all so rosy in the north. I wrote a piece for the Northern Times, uh, Sutherland's number one newspaper, about the summer the summer season in Sutherland. Oh, that's a tongue twister, isn't it? That, that's an alliteration, isn't it? <laughs> the Sutherland summer football season has been cancelled as it was supposed to start tomorrow due to the number of cases of COVID in the area. Uh, the east coast of Sutherland has been hit particularly badly. And also in Caithness as well. Uh, the Caithness summer season has been postponed for two weeks, at least two weeks, and there's no guarantee that it will start. Um, good piece by my colleague Alan Hendry on that one. But it has continued in Inverness. Um, there have been games called off because of COVID, but they are persevering. So it's good to see that they're at least trying. But yeah, there's still the fear across the region that uh, virus cases are going up and they just don't want to gamble, basically. Yeah, and as we touched on before, totally understandable, I think, that they don't want to gamble. It will be interesting to see how these case numbers affect the women's football season, which has been delayed so many times. I think we talked about it the last time we were on, but maybe it was even after that, I'm losing track of my dates, that the Highlands and Islands League season did finally get underway, albeit with a few matches being called off. Callie Thistle women's team are supposed to be starting their season next month, I believe it is. They've been playing some friendlies. They're due to be away at Dryborough Athletic on Sunday for a friendly. I mean, everything's up in the air a little bit again, isn't it? We don't know exactly what's going to happen with the women's football season. I suppose it's 
role reversal this time around in that it's Cali Thistle's season that hasn't started and the Highlands and Islands League have already gone a couple of games in, but that mm. hasn't been without its challenges, certainly. Well, Clacknick had a woman who won the Highlands and Islands League in 2019. Their game against Brewer Rangers is off this weekend due to the situation in Sutherland. As is Sutherland Women's Football Club, their match against Caithness is off. It was supposed to be the first ever home game in Helmsdale. But surprisingly, Cali Thistle Development's trip to Kirkwall and near St Ninian's trip to Orkney, eh, both going to the Northern Isles, is still on, as, as we, this goes to air. Touchwood is still on, but quite surprising given that eh, Orkney's been badly hit too. But eh, as far as we're aware, games are still on and eh, fair play to the both Cali Thistle Development and near St Ninian. They, they, they're prepared to go up and uh, make the trip across the Pentland Firth to get these games played. So we hope that the games will be played on Sunday. But yeah, you can understand why clubs are just, some clubs, I should say, are reluctant to play just now. Yeah, it's kind of back to square one for a lot of people. And it's the question of do they, don't they? It's not even as clear cut as we can't and we won't. Some are choosing to be more cautious than others. It's one of those, I don't blame anybody for calling game off. I don't blame them for going ahead and going through with the match either because everybody's so desperate to play football after this last year or two. We all know what we all know the damage it can cause. That's the thing now. And that's in everyone's heads. I mean, the vaccine, I'm full of praise for everything the Scottish government and the British government have done for the vaccine rollout. I think they've done a fantastic job with it personally to get that amount of people vaccinated and what, when did it start? End of December, start of January? It's brilliant. But, you know, there, there's still a significant uh, percentage of the younger population that haven't been vaccinated. All right, when are you getting your jug? There's a reason you're going to Farfar. All right, okay. <laughs> but yeah, there's a particular reason why people are concerned. They just don't want to see people get sick anymore until everyone's jugged. So, well, hopefully you'll get the jug soon anyway, Hindu. And then... <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, it won't be too much longer, and, and hopefully, everybody like yourself will start getting a second jab too, because that'll help open things up even more. And yeah, I've, fingers crossed all over the shop. But it's less of hope and more of a knowing that athletics is back in quite a big way this month, starting with the back to basics 10k this weekend. The hope. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't say that. Don't say that now. Uh, no, apparently, it's going to go back to normal. Everyone starts at the same time. Road races, they went off in waves. There was a first group and then a second group and then a, maybe a third group that started at different intervals, but everyone starts at the same time now. So good luck with that, folks. It's been held in Forest as well. So that's why I'm just a bit hesitant with Forest Mechanics deciding, you know, we're not going to do any football for 10 days. Hopefully the athletics will go ahead on Sunday. Um, big Inverness contingent going through few guys from Rosher as well and Murray's always strong as well so it'll, it'll be a good race to watch and then later in the month again hopefully fingers crossed touch wood all of the caveats that we need to put in the campus 5k is going to be coming back it's, it's penciled in at the minute for July 23rd and you know what we've been talking a lot over the last couple of months about personal bests being broken and club records being broken so I think we should give another mention to Rachel McLennan for breaking the Inverness Harriers hammer throw record for the fourth time this season. She really is going from strength to strength, literally. Hammer's records left, right and centre. She's obviously a massive talent and one to watch in the future. 
still quite young off the top of my head I don't think she's even 20 yet so there's so much potential going on there and uh, you know maybe it's a different sport uh, you know Kirsty Law is more discus but it's from the same sort of school of teaching it's all throws yeah all, <laughs> all throws <laughs> coached by Duncan Flocker as well so yeah whatever she's doing she's going in the right direction watch this space regarding her um, career I, I mean I've spoken to her in the past and uh She's not really have designs on becoming an Olympic champion or Commonwealth champion, or she just wants to see where her hammer throwing takes her. But if she keeps going the way she is, who knows? Her ambitions might change. The sky could be the limit. Again, I feel literally. Well, tell you what, we've been talking a lot about stuff that is currently ongoing or that has unfortunately been called off. Let's talk a little bit about the Highland Wildcats because I don't think we've really had the opportunity to talk about them on Balls and Whistles before. Last year was totally wiped out for them and when it's very much an age group team I was talking to uh, one of their coaches this week and he was at pains to say it's not under 16s under 19s it's 16 and under and 19 and under because a lot of them are actually 19 and 16 in those various groups when it's limited like that losing a year and a half of action in the pandemic is quite a big deal there's a lot of people who had their entire last year at the club wiped out altogether they are now starting to slowly but surely bring stuff back, but they're understandably looking for new players. They haven't been able to go in and around schools the way they normally did. The community league, which would normally take place at the start of the year, would usually be their main form of recruitment, wasn't able to happen again. So I've got a piece in this week's Inverness Courier with Robbie Pollen, who's the development officer at the club and the under-16s head coach, basically just talking about the kind of things they've been trying to do instead for getting players in and what the future might look like. They've finally got season dates announced. They're hoping to be in action landed this month as well. Fantastic to see them back because it's long overdue. People don't realise how big a sport American football is in Inverness. I never expected it to be as big as it was until I moved to Inverness and uh, started this job. This is a a club that uh, played teams from across Great Britain, won trophies and... um, arguably had some of the best American football players in the UK. I think you actually went to a game as well, haven't you? Yes, I did at the Buffs. I mean, tell me your experience of that. Well, it's the first thing that came to mind is exactly what you said there. If you didn't know it was a thing, you wouldn't expect so many people to be down at the matches. I mean, first off, squads for American football, it's more like rugby than football in that you can have 20, 30 people in and around the team on a match day. Just players, not even looking at coaches or analysts or photographers or anything like that, which, by the way, the Wildcats have all of, is some operation down there. Um, So everybody's so supportive of each other. You know, the the players who are on the sidelines while a play is going on, they're making so much noise. It's actually a really great atmosphere, which, again, being out in the fields at the Buck, not in a stadium, not enclosed or anything like that's basically the point I'm trying to make. You wouldn't always anticipate. So it's a really, really well-run operation. I know they do a lot with their members on mentoring and helping them with CVs and work experience and stuff like that. It, it really is just a fantastic club. Yeah, the amount of players they must get involved in American football in the past um, just, just blew me away, um, especially for a, what you know I described as a, a foreign sport, I suppose. Well, it's American football, it's in the name. <laughs> so, it, you know, massive kudos to like everyone at the club and Robbie Pollen especially 
for just getting the enthusiasm for uh, people to get involved. And like I said, Highland Wildcats, among one of the best clubs in the UK. The one thing about the pandemic is they lost quite a lot of players in their final year, which you've already stated. Stolen, I suppose, would be the best way. Stolen their chance for glory. But it's great to see them coming back and um, knowing the Highland Wildcats and Robbie, as I do, you know, they'll, they'll get the enthusiasm back. They'll get the crowds back. And uh, it'll be great to see and report on them doing so well. It is going to be a little bit different for them this year, just still with the effects of the pandemic. Usually the 60 and under team play tournaments against the other Scottish teams. They'll go to a venue on a day, play everybody, and then do the same thing maybe a couple of other times in the season. Usually the 19 and under team would be in a league with teams across Scotland and even the north of England to qualify for Britbo, which is the UK Championships. That isn't happening this year. Now the 19 and unders are in the same sort of formats as the 16 and unders in playing tournaments against the other Scottish teams. The first one is actually for the 16 and unders on the 24th of July. I'm just going to throw this out there. They train both teams on a Sunday at the Bucks. Get in touch with the Wildcats social media or with Robbie Paul in, in particular, if you can track down a contact for him to find out more about training. And I'm sure they would be absolutely delighted to have you if anyone is interested in joining. You fancy yourself as the next Tom Brady? Oh, you're asking me specifically. I'm yeah, too yeah, old. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I'm, I, I, I'm too yeah. old for the Wildcats. Are you? That's the downside. It's only up to 19 and under, Will. Oh, sorry. Sorry, cricket's your sport anyway. Mr. <laughs> five wickets. Yeah. No, I was wondering if that was going to come up at some yeah, point. Yeah, 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 right. <laughs> I, I, I know it's the hints all week. Yeah. I, I've, I've been slightly buzzing about my own cricket exploits last weekend. And you know what? I don't usually do this, but I am just going to give a brief shout to another one of our sister titles, um, our sister websites, rather, because if you want to read a bit about what I did in my week off, you can go and find a match report on Grampian Online, which I didn't realise until a couple of days ago. So that was fun. How I dragged my team back from defeat single-handedly. Now nah, we're always going to win. Uh, who, who did you beat anyway? Alan, which is why it's on the Grampian Online website, because Alan's in their patch. Grampian Online also includes Inveruri, Turf, Huntley, and a bit of band. A huge area that they cover in Aberdeenshire, and we don't usually give them a shout out. So I feel like if any time we're going to do it, it's when I am mentioned in one of their online articles. <laughs> so. All right, not forgetting Keith and Bucky. Of course, like I said, huge area. It's that big, yeah. It's a huge area. It's basically all of Aberdeenshire, apart from a couple of wee corners. It's the same size as a section of rainforest is destroyed every day. Wow, that got dark. <laughs> Dead in it. Well, I'll tell you what, somebody who's going to be covering a lot of distance himself, and I wanted to make sure I gave him a shout out as well, is John Mann. Ross Sutherland's development officer is going to be undertaking seven triathlons in seven days next week. I mean, we talk a lot about marathon runners and the likes of Stephen Mackay, the Brewer Rangers manager, doing his four marathons in 24 hours. And I always think that people are crazy because that's just the last thing I would want to put my body through. John has the latest to do this, raising money for both Ross Sutherland and Alzheimer Scotland. Best of luck to him because, like I say, I couldn't even imagine starting to do something like this. Who's the man? John Mann. Yeah, best of luck. <laughs> well, I'll just end the podcast there. <laughs> I think we've peaked, guys. John, well done. You're doing it for a fantastic cause. Massive challenge. Good luck to you. <laughs> That's all I can say. Yeah. 
I was going to, I know, I know, it's, it's brilliant what you're doing um, for a cause that's uh, affected so many people's lives. So very best of luck to you. I spoke to him earlier in the week. He said, if anything, he was feeling overconfident about doing it, which again, totally blew my mind. He did do uh, sprint triathlons a few weeks back, which is half distance triathlons. And he did seven in seven days and he felt like he got through that pretty easily at the risk of making him sound a little bit too ready for this um, but obviously it all depends on the conditions as well fingers crossed the weather holds up for him and that he's able to put his feet up once he finally finishes on sunday it's a great challenge john best of luck to you for that i think the last thing i should do will is just go around one or two of our other titles in the john Gro- journal ray golf club had uh we've seen more dramatic but i still feel like i can call it dramatic ending to the 36 hole open it was won by Tom Ross. Uh, he was pushed all the way, though, by Dougie Thornburn from Wick. There's also a bit of horse riding and cycling in there. There's a lot of good stuff. And a lot of people will appreciate it isn't all football either. That's just a nice wee note I wanted to point out for the John O'Groat Journal. As we are recording this, we don't actually know what the back page of the Northern Scots is going to be, but I would imagine it's something to do with Elgin City's friendly against Ross County tomorrow. So go and check that out. I'm planning going along to Borough Briggs to to see Ross County for the first time, first preseason friendly. So it'll be really interesting to see how they line up and what sort of style and tactics Malky McKay wants to use. I think that's everything I've got, Will. Is there anything else you want to pick up on before we go? Just really sad that uh, the amount of games of football and Shinty that are being cancelled. Um, but, you know, I understand it. I'm sure it's for the greater good. And then if, you, if it results in positive effects in the next few weeks it'll be worth it so i can understand people's disappointment but keep smiling yeah hopefully it won't be too long before everything is back to normal because it feels like we're so close now it's just a mm-hmm. case of finally getting over that line if it means taking a week or two off like some teams and some sports are doing you know you've got to believe that that'll be worth it in the long run well you're actually away next week aren't you you're an annual leave like i was last week well i was gonna go traveling somewhere but with all this COVID going about, I might just stay in the Anderson shelter and, uh, for a week. Again, bleak. You're obviously in such a great mood today. I know. I, I, it's this leg. I don't know. I woke up this morning and it's put me in the right mood. I don't know what happened. Like, I must have just sat down last night and pulled something. I don't know what. Well, you've got a couple of weeks for the leg to heal and for you to brighten up, shall we say, a wee bit. So I'll be back next week. I don't know if it'll just be me or if I'll have somebody else with me. In the meantime, though, you can get in touch with the show on Twitter, like I said earlier, balls underscore whistles, or you can email us directly at ballsandwhistles at hnmedia.co.uk. Make sure you listen to the other Highland News and Media podcasts as well. There's a new episode of Health and Lithness every Monday. Active Outdoors comes along every now and then as well from John Davidson. And that's all I've got to say. So thank you for listening. I'll be back next week for another episode of Balls and Whistles. <laughs>